Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 15. Before we get going into my all-killer, no-filler stories of the week, I'll introduce our guest this week, Paco LeBron from Prodigy Techs from Chicago. Welcome, Paco. Hey, Lisa. Hey. Paco's been working with Office 365, and he's just kind of getting his feet wet, so we have a lot of fun stories to talk about this week. But, uh, Paco, usually I start my shows with little, like, stories from the week and things I've done and jobs and the horror stories and whatnot. Um, you got you want to start out with any? You got need to start <laughs> that are fresh in your memory? You know what? Um, as of recently, there actually everything has been kind of smooth. Um, we haven't had any real big horror stories. Uh, no, actually, not. It was a remote, uh, a remote horror story. But as far as Office 365, I don't recall anything. All of our jobs lately have been pretty smooth. Yeah, it's actually been kind of slow for the past couple of weeks, and I, you know, it's, I hate it when it's slow, but then. I was doing Outlook work, which I don't call those always the horror stories. Sometimes they're just regular jobs, you know. Um, this week, for sure, I closed up two that I talked about in my last show. One was a, um, I had a Gmail issue with uh, Outlook and IMAP. And the, the bane of my existence is Gmail. <laughs> but anyway, I had that. It's seriously, I had a 43 gig PST. Uh, Corrupted PST. Luckily, the lady didn't lose any of her folders. The all the folders were there, which is a miracle. Okay. Um, we couldn't get Outlook to work right, and I said, you know what? With a Gmail in the infrastructure or the or the folder directory, rather, you know, you get the import mail, all mail. You know, brings down Gmail little file structure. Yep. And um, I finally just said, look, all that will go away if we move you to Exchange. So. We moved her to Exchange, and she had I think, 15 to 20 folders that needed to be to the server. And so, for text listening, you know, if you do it by hand and not use a, you know, a migration whiz or something, all those folders will move into Outlook pretty quickly. But getting them up to the server, 10 gigs can take a while. I think I've said this before. It can take a day. Depends on how slow their internet is. It might take two days. One guy took three days. Um, we finally got hers up, and then she was like, well, we forgot about these other folders. <laughs> and I looked at them like, 13 more gigs? Wow. <laughs> I was like, let's do that next weekend. <laughs> really? Because you want to work, you know? And so I was like, it's going to hold you up for a while. So anyway, I, I'm happy that that job is, is closed up and it's going to, you know, be done with. And then I had that... Uh, I don't know if I've been following online, but I've had this 50 gig PST corruption that I've been kind of chomping down. This this is the the problem, and then I'll say the solution. Okay, the problem was is that he had let his PST, I think it was a PST file, not an IMAP either, get so big that it eventually just blew up. Oh wow! I mean, it blew up, and he, uh, the scan PST repair wouldn't fix it. Well, it would, but it didn't have any of the folders, so that's why I said it blew up. And the poor guy had just tons of folders. So all the mail was in the all mail, the sent, and the deleted, and the important. So uh, luckily, I tried to do the repairs. I tried Stellar PST recovery. I ran another tool. 
And finally, in the end, I told the client, look, here's what we have to do is just go and get your mail and make a search folder and move those back to an old archive folder. He had all of his alerts. He was satisfied with that, and that job took over two weeks to do. Wow. No kidding. So we closed it off, and he and his IT guy um, is like, you can have this job. So we're setting up a retainer where I, you know, remote in every, you know, month or so and uh, make sure his stuff's backed up. That would have been nice, you know, to have it backed up. Right. But it wasn't. So, yeah, finished that job up, and then... Um, Let's see what else do I got here. Dun, dun, dun. Let's see. Yeah, those are kind of like the two big ones I, I did. Otherwise, just my jobs were just regular ones since last two weeks or so. I ended up having to uh, move real quick. So for everybody that thinks I'm living in the Florida Keys, that's done with. <laughs> my, my Florida Keys ended um, last Wednesday. I had... My friends down at uh, All Keys Computers took me up because I'm scared of the bridges. Taco. <laughs> <laughs> scared of the bridges, so they drove me up here, and now I'm in mainland, and I'm not sure where I'm going to live, so I'm staying at this hotel. And this oh, hotel okay. has uh, one meg down, or less. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds fun. Well, I can still remote in to people's computers just fine. No slowdown. But like watching any video on YouTube, I have to get on my own uh, hotspot to where I have eight meg down. Gotcha. If we were on, if we were on the the pipe of the hotel right now, this would be horrible. So I don't think it would really be happening. But uh, I gotcha. Yeah, but you know, otherwise, I'm not really sad. It was slow the last two weeks because last Friday I had a bunch of sales come up for this week, Christmas oh, nice. week. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, one should end up being about I don't know, a couple thousand and. A few other lots of small stuff, so I was like, sweet, I'm glad it was slow. Hey, Merry Christmas early to you. Yeah. <laughs> you, have, you, have a, you have a busy week coming up after between holidays? Um, there are more on-sites that are um, not specifically for remote, so like one is more of a how to set up like you know some security cameras and how they can use it on their yeah. own machine and you know getting them on backup to back up those files and you know this, that sort of deal. Um, cool. Another one is uh, I got to read network a uh, a law firm that um, I've been working with lately for since June. Um, they got new furniture and the guys who moved oh. the furniture decided to unplug everything. And I, when I say everything, I mean everything, like everything nice. from <laughs> the actual devices themselves off along with what was plugged into the wall. So it's going to be interesting on recreating what I've set up. At least I have everything. Hopefully all the settings are should be remaining the same. I just need to replug everything back to where they should be and hopefully it should be good to go. But we'll see what that happens on Tuesday for that. But um, yeah, yeah. I don't see the computers rigoring themselves too. But hey you never know. Anything can happen. <laughs> you know, touch your little your server map. <laughs> right, exactly. So good thing I have all that, you know, sorted out so hopefully it it should be a quick uh quick oh, hour and a half to two hours. So did you tell the did you tell the guys you shouldn't do that to people? Well, what I did was I he let me know that he was getting new furniture. I didn't realize that they were going to be rearranging the office as well. So 
I, I told the law, for, uh, you know, I told the lawyer because it's just so in practice. Um, I let him know, saying, "Hey, look, you know, when something like this happens, you have to let me know so I can be here on site for you to prevent yeah. these type of things." Because he couldn't access any of his documents, um, yeah. you know, and and he had. Oh, this is the one that I told you that had the issue with the two hundred fifty-five characters for the OneDrive when yes. on one of our discussions before, <laughs> and um, so he didn't have any a lot of his files online to get to remote. So he was kind of dead in the water. So the moment that he realized he couldn't connect, he kind of freaked out and called me, and it was a rush oh, job. God. So, you know, I love, love rush the rush jobs because you just have that rush fee that, uh, hey, you want to be on top of the list, my friend? You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I can definitely help you out. Um, unfortunately, you know, I got to do some finagling here, but we'll, we'll be able to help you out. So um, I, still, I still can't do the rush fee. No? I don't know. I tried it once, and actually I had a, a weekend right though. My Outlook emergency is 193 an hour. Okay. That's kind of a rush thing because it stops me from doing my fun on the weekends. But right. I've only built one person that so far. I wish more would come in sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those where it's it's rare, but like for him, you know, it was one of those where I guess he had some trial that was coming up in the next couple of weeks that he needed to get all those oh. prepared, or you know, I'm sure it would have been big implications on that. So. Um, yeah, no kidding. which, which, which allowed us, yeah. So which allowed us to kind of sweep in there and say, Hey, look, you know, if you would have had file locker and Magnus box, cause I'm a reseller of Magnus box and file locker, those are my, uh, up, uh, backup and, uh, file syncing solutions, you know, this wouldn't have been an issue. Um, so he, you know, cause of that situation, I was able to upsell him. Yeah. And got that all good up. So nice. I love the word upsell. <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the guy I have on uh, Monday, he emailed me in the beginning of November and said, look, I have two businesses. I need everything, everything. And so we had a meeting. He, he actually paid me for the consulting hour, oh, which okay. I learned I think I need to implement more of for next year because um, this past two weeks, outside of it being slow, I had a couple people call and kind of take advantage of getting a bunch of free information out of me, and then they never hired me. Have you ever had yeah. that happen? Yeah, mm -hmm. I, you know, I've had that happen, but actually that law firm was the one that actually got me into, hey, I want you to charge me for this consultation. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Well, you know, your information is not free. You know, I, I can't get – like if I were to decide to go to someone else, you just basically yeah. helped me get where I had to go. Now I know where to go. Um, I was like, huh, that's interesting. And then, um, and I forgot what podcast I was listening to. Um, I, I want to say it was Tech Vets or the Mike Smith show, but it was Mike Smith basically saying he had the same scenario. Um, he spent like X amount and like an hour, an hour and a half or something like that. Didn't do a consultation fee. Didn't have anything signed up. Um, and the guys went somewhere else. So, you know, he felt robbed that, you know, all yeah. that time was gone. So kind of listening to them. Um, I haven't, structured it or put it in process yet but it's something like you mentioned yeah. um it's something we're going to look into in the next year as well well i think you should look into it in the next two weeks paco because this is something that's really serious for our industry is that we have a lot of software knowledge and that's basically for me that's all i sell right right i mean i'm not saying you have to do this but i'm saying if you're going to consider it it's something where it's going to make you money right away out of the gate and that's what i'm doing is you know, I, I well, actually, I won a client the other day. I could tell he was an IT knowledgeable person. Like, he just seemed to know the terms, you know. Okay. And after he started asking me how to fix stuff, I said, well, here's where we stop that uh, free advice and move into a consulting. He goes, yep, sounds good. Well, then he kept asking me questions 
it was seven minutes and basically I, I told them look here's the deal you can hire me it's either gonna be a one to four hour job they wanted to uh, have six people share a mailbox in exchange which is pretty simple okay but they had some difficulties and I just did a 15 person project like that so I was like yeah I can do it and since I already learned from the other client it, you know it'd be easy and after I hung up the phone I started crying <laughs> I did I was like I gave the guy too much info Gotcha. In seven minutes. Well, you know what? He ended up calling back uh, late at night and hired me. Okay. So, but but I did tell him flat out, like, look, I can only give you so much free advice. I'm not going to tell people products anymore, like, you know, you know, except for Office 365. Hmm. You know, it's just I just think that uh, when they start asking, like, so what company do you go with? You know, I I, I want to tell them who my vendor is, but I don't until uh, you know. Until you get hired. Because they're going to go to my vendor behind my back. Yep. And I've had and that. I just, what? No, no. I was going to say that I've, I've had that same same thing where I've gotten off a call and I just – and I sit there and I said, man, I just – I probably talked myself yeah. out of that sale, you know, like because I just yep. probably gave them all the keys of what they needed. Yep. Yeah. And, and isn't that funny? We both know that because we're both in that world where we're like, you know, I just wrote them a business plan for in an hour and I gave that all away for free. So it's it's going to be really a strong thing for me because I know my Outlook break fix stuff can be super fast, and I tell people yes I can fix it, and they don't care. Some more projected things where I'm like, okay, I'm going to build you a plan. You're going to use my vendor. Um, you're going to use a software I, I choose. When they start asking the questions, I'll be like, well, that's when we move to a paid consulting, you know, or something like that, because you can't really go by time. You know, some people say, well, after 15 minutes it should be billable. Well. A lot of my clients will talk for 15 minutes solid. Right, exactly, and and that's the same. And then what? <laughs> yep. No, and, and it's funny you say that because I forgot who said that, but it's uh, and I was operating the same way. Like, okay, it might have been actually you that I might have heard that the 15 after 15 minutes or oh whoever I might yeah. have heard it from. It was like after 15 minutes it's billable, but there have been times where, like you said, you get seven eight minutes and they already got yeah. so much information out of seven eight minutes. Okay, thank you, bye. And as you're thinking there, you're like, oh shoot, yeah, I could have really you know, turned it around. Well, I talked. I've talked about this before with my last show with Matt Rainey. The his his uh, uh, answers yes or no. That you know, then it's billable, and it's a really good theory. Um, should I click on this pop up? Hmm. What am I gonna say yes to a client? I should say no. Then it's a billable call because what if it's a virus or you know some other you know junkware? Right. When people are like you know Lisa, would you recommend I buy this Dell? Okay, yes, that's a free answer. You know, or whatever. Right. Um, but I, I like his theory, yes or no, I'll create a ticket. And then second of all, is i got to figure out in the next, you know, maybe next couple shows I'll talk about it more, is I need to bill for my consulting and no matter what. I'm just getting just depressed almost about it. And it's kind of sad because I'm like going, you know, the, a technical client will take that info and go to their own stuff. Yep. Anybody can be Dr. Google. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, is it, uh, it's once not hard. Yeah, once we give them the right question to ask, then it's they basically can do what they want. So, yeah, they kind of go, "Yeah, we'll save a couple thousand dollars and do it ourselves." All right, whatever. But so that's on my game plan for next year is to learn how to build more consulting work, and and you know what? Then they can take that and go with what they want. Okay. All right, Paco. Well, let's roll into the real show here. Uh, why don't you go ahead and start and tell us a little bit about your business there, um, what's current, how you guys got started, all the stuff. Techs love to hear. 
Sure. Um, so again, my name is Paco Lebron. Um, I run Prodigy Tech's computer repair out in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, currently, right now, we have three locations, one in the Chicagoland area, uh, one in Evanston, which is a Chicagoland suburb, and Schaumburg. Uh, we're opening up our second Chicago location um, in a couple weeks, in the uh, middle of January. So uh, what we've done is basically to kind of get into the whole deal is we started officially uh, back in February of 2013. Um, I was helping a buddy out with his business. He had a hybrid of a print design and computer repair. Um, we didn't kind of agree on how that business was kind of going in uh, the direction. So I kind of just uh, jumped off, started my own deal and uh, got my own domain name in 2011. And, you know, little by little, <laughs> I, I made it official uh, February 2013. And uh, we opened up our first office in July of that same year. But um, a lot of the stuff that we've done, like every other technician starts off with is on site and, uh, and you know, uh, hardware repairs coming in, virus mm -hmm. removals, things of that nature. Um, then I got, I was looking for work orders and found the TechNibble community. And from TechNibble, I ended up finding Lisa Hendrickson's report support book. And <laughs> we always wanted to get into remote support because we could do it, but we never had anything um, formalized or a process built out. And when we saw Lisa's book, we were saying, hey, this is, this is a home run. How much is it? The guide. <laughs> I was like, right, this is a deal. So we, we bought the book right there. Um, and as we decided to start learning, adapting a lot of the stuff that was in there, um, because of Lisa's book is what gave us the courage to go and move forward with remote support. Um, and as the book evolved, and I think we bought the second edition. The third edition then came out. Um, then she started. Uh, you started adding uh, addendums to it, and one of the amazing addendums was how to do a hosted Office 365 Exchange migration mm -hmm. step by step. And it's always one of those where, for a residential, because I always still consider myself as a residential tech. I don't consider myself as a business tech, although I do business work because I have not gained the comfortable or uh, uh, broken that uh, glass ceiling to say, all right, I can do cabling now. I can do this. I can do that. These are all yeah. still learning features and, and processes for us. And Exchange was one of them. I never knew how to do anything with Exchange before. I just, it was one of those where it was like kind of like a black box to me. By running through Lisa's addendum, it was <laughs> a easy step-by-step -step exactly how she, I mean, like I said, it, it's all killer, no filler. What you need to know is what's there. And I can honestly say because of that addendum and her book allowed us to expand there. And now, I mean, probably a good third of our revenue is uh, Office 365 work. Um, oh, that's so nice to hear. Particularly hosted exchange. And that's a big thanks to you. Our business would not have uh, prospered into in that area into, unless we had read your uh read your book and those addendums. Wow. So, and again, and well, I want to make sure I notate that, you know, she is not having me say, uh, push no. the book or get the book. I do agree. I want to say that if you do have the chance, purchase the book. Um, and we also just purchased, uh, uh, her recent SEO WordPress tip. If you have a WordPress site, this is definitely something you want to get. I just overlooked at the list myself and I'm ready to start getting into that because I actually hired a marketing agency who developed our WordPress site and her checklist is really going to help out along with some of the stuff that they provided us as well. So definitely want to uh, highlight nice. that. But like I said, um, you know, I do. I want to, you know, I see. Thank you. And you've been a big part <laughs> and help to our business as far as that portion. Oh, wow. I didn't even know all that stuff. Well, you know, the neat thing is, is that we're in a nice tech community of people. 
And it's kind of funny how we all kind of uh, find, you know, a way into the community and then it just starts expanding, you know. I found you by listening to you on uh, one of Jeff Hallis's uh, Podnut shows. Yep, yep, yeah. So but you know what, though? I, I, I probably emailed with you before or something, but I, I just, to me, you know, it's just everybody kind of blends until I get to know their person, the person, you know. I agree. Like the text that by the books and stuff and questions. And, um, in fact, the guy down in uh, Marathon where I was uh, staying down there, he bought my book. Oh, okay. Uh, that was cool. I was like, oh, my God. And he was, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> bad, but it is a good guide, you know, and just uh, as a little, you know, push here is that, um, you know, if anybody's interested, I do sell the books in a five-pack bundle now for 49 They're on special right now for holiday for 39 and after that, prices go back up in January. What I used to do was I had updates. So, Paco, you got some of those updates for free. Yep. But as of right now, I will only put out remote support updates on the Remote Rockstars website, and I'm really not focusing on remote support anymore. Um, because of the Office 365, so there's really there's gonna be no more books for remote support. That the third one was like the finale, and if you buy the bundle, you get version two and three anyway. And two is a little more on the old. Well, it's kind of outdated maybe for the technical virus work and stuff. It's all changed, but still has some good nuggets in there. Yeah, I agree. The procedure still can still yeah. stand, at least kind of understanding at the beginning. It's like listening yeah. to a lot of the PodNuts episodes as well. Um, yeah, some of them are outdated for older operating systems, but a lot of those tools and a lot of those procedures help oh, out yeah. in current, um, so current situations now as well. Yeah, so why don't you tell us about your first Office 365 job you did because that's, you know, I've already told the story, but I think it's interesting to hear, you know, well, you bought the. You know, you said you got the book. So, did you get the book first, or did you yes. uh, get a job first? No. So, what we did was we got the book first, um, because I'm the type of person where um, I know, like, you have a metaphor where, yeah, we can do it, and then you learn it to make sure that you don't eat crow later on. Um, mm -hmm. I, I hate doing that because I always tend to eat crow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what I do is. Um, so I like to prepare myself, and that's just how I am. I like to prepare myself. So I bought your book, um, in, integrated a lot of the stuff and the steps that were in the book, so I could prepare myself to say, "Hey, yes, uh, we do, we can do this." Um, so that exactly what happened. A uh, law firm came, called us on our on our number. Um, new practice. They want to be able to hook up Exchange to their proprietary law firm software, but. Their email was on their uh, domain server, whoever they were using. I forgot what the company was. It wasn't a common one like GoDaddy. I forgot who it was. Mm -hmm. But um, so what we did was we basically let them know, all right, we're going to have, you know, how many users, we, you know, and I, we ran them through the whole uh, step, how many users, how, uh, what products you're going to need. Do you find yourself you're going to use any Word products, et cetera, et cetera. But mm -hmm. um, so what we did was once we mapped out everything, we basically got everything. We installed our unattended access to his rem of our remote software. Um, that we use and it was I think it took a matter of a mid-afternoon to a night to complete I think it was three users that he had so we had three boxes yeah. that we completed um, he didn't have that much all we did was basically exported out his tasks um, PSTs and so forth uh, everything merged out put that all in there um, and he was good to go in the morning and um, yeah. there was there was a couple snags that we ran into um, he was using a 2007 version of office uh, we were gonna yeah, yeah. So, so we were gonna we were we were gonna upgrade him to 2013 but 
we wanted to make sure that his email box was working first before we moved on to any new software yeah. because of the drastic change from 07 to 2013. We wanted yeah. to make sure we kind of gave him the, the hand by hand of how to kind of use some of the features. Um, so when that happened, we upgraded all the machines to 2013. Um, it's been working like a butte. Um, and then the next day we did the migration for his proprietary software because they had their own exchange hosted exchange yeah. through another company so we just yeah. threw, threw it down to his 07 that uh we opened up a new account uh <laughs> grabbed it copied over to 07 or uh, 2013 and i think now it's been this is back in june so probably for the last six months has been nice. has had nothing but problems and I, like i said i just got that call from him um probably about a couple weeks ago for to schedule for today or oh i'm sorry to schedule for Tuesday to complete the reroute, the re rewiring of the office as well. So. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, at least you know Exchange is safe. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was one of those where he says, "Oh my God, my emails are gone." No, no. Log into here in the portal. You should be. You'll be good to go. And and he, it was one of those where he was very happy. And he had his iPhone and everything was synced up. And he just. Oh loved, yeah. He just you know, it. I've had zero. Well, okay. I was gonna say I have zero return client return on exchange but I did have one guy that um, after we got it all done yeah. he had a iPhone panic that because exchange just synchronizes so well that he liked it where everything stayed on his phone or you know if he deleted off his phone he wanted to stay in the exchange and, and we talked it over and he was in such a panic yeah I told him that we, we could figure it out and he was like just put me back on pop and ah. we'd spend hours and he panicked he wouldn't listen and i and i told him that there i there i'm probably saying this wrong what i think there are is a way to be able to just keep it where you don't delete it off the server if i'm not mistaken but yeah but you know what though it was he was in the iphone panic i got gotcha. you and i was trying to explain to him i could fix it and he was just almost like i could i could feel his heartbeat through the phone you know like he was just out of breath i mean <laughs> <laughs> I, was I was like, okay, man, I'm just going to put you back on. He goes, you know, Lisa, I'm just going to call GoDaddy and do it myself, so we're done. And wow. I billed him 400 some bucks because we had done a lot of – It was he had a Mac, and I had to do these OLM to PST conversions. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of pre-work. Right. So his actual exchange work, I didn't even bill him my project rate because poor guy, I mean, he has a lot of problems. Then finally, <laughs> I was like, okay. And he didn't even ask for a refund, nothing. He was just oh, like, really? no. But I huh. did fix his other problems, though, you know. I gotcha. Yeah, he had the 10 PST files from a PC that needed to go to the Mac, and they just weren't playing nice. So I did this converter tool, and then I brought them over to my PC and fixed them all. Okay. I uh, put them over through Dropbox. Okay. Dropbox is just a winner with this stuff, you know. Yeah. So I, we, he put it all in Dropbox. I fixed all the PSTs on my side, put them back in. So, I mean, he wasn't dissatisfied with all that work. I tell you, you got to work fast sometimes too when you're doing this stuff because the Macs are just as jolly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, and it, like, and it's a big piece that you're saying. Like, unfortunately, there's not a lot of great information out there because everything is so confusing, especially on Microsoft's website. The way that they rebrand their own stuff and, like you mentioned, they changed some the of their products a couple times. Like, that's why it's great to go through a vendor. Yeah, it's a little bit more, but it it, it avoids the headaches, um, and so forth. You know? Yeah. Well, I think the I, I put it out there a while ago that I was going to do a series of Office 365 learning videos, and yeah. since since I started the modules, they've changed twice. Oh. And now because of SharePoint and OneDrive, which that's coming up on our questions here, 
Okay. Um, I'll talk about that when we get to that point. But um, yeah, there's just no way anybody, even Microsoft, can keep up with the training. Right. That's why it's kind of just like you have to dive in and do it case by case with what people need and at least get to know the products so you're familiar enough to take the jobs. Right, exactly. Like you, like you knew when you got the book that you're like, we can do this. This is in our knowledge range. And it's not, you know, I mean, it's not for everybody, but, you know, if you're, you know, interested in it, it's a good way to make new money next year and moving ahead because it's not going away. Right. It's only going to get bigger. Oh, it's only going to get bigger. Um, let me grab my next one. So basically, you started learning it just by doing it. You read my book, which I, I don't want people to think I'm pushing my book here, but the book just has a nice step-by-step -step instruction for Exchange. It does. Now, now, outside of Exchange, though, that's just one of the products of Office 365. So now we're going to move into the next few dangerous layers. <laughs> <laughs> the danger zone, Paco. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I just am like starting to. Um, I think I'm actually going to cut the cord on SharePoint. Good, because I did. I, well. <laughs> yes, SharePoint is. In, in when I talk about the products, it to me it's always Exchange, SharePoint, OneDrive, Link, um, Yammer, which none of my people would use, and then Office 2013. Now the reason why I put Office 2013 at the end is because most of my clients have 2010. Or they already bought 2013. So I don't make any money off that because I don't resell Office. Gotcha. So that's part of my interview, but only a couple times have I been shocked to take a job and had 2003 still. And then those people knew they were ready for an up upgrade because you can't do exchange. Did you say 2003? Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. Wow. <laughs> I've, 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 been, I've been thoroughly impressed with one time I wrote in and go, oh, wow, well, guess what? We all have to upgrade, and that was on Windows 7, too, so it was like... Really? It was, you know, they were, yeah, I'm pretty sure, because I know I had to have them upgrade. Gotcha. And, um, yep, I'm pretty sure, well, anyway, before I lose track, because I was going to talk about Vista, too, and all the products, but I'll, I'll we'll go back to SharePoint. So, okay. second, the second product that I used to sell a lot of is SharePoint, and the reason why I loved it is because... Back in the day, you could just map a drive to SharePoint, and people could see it as a map drive. Right. Well, it constantly breaks. Yes. Constantly breaks. So people, I've had to train them how to fix it themselves. Nine times out of ten, they'll call me, and I'll just remote in and fix it in 30 seconds. Not even a big deal. But those people are getting tired of that. So then I found this new way to install SharePoint, which made it um, in the favorites list of File Explorer, right? Yep. Awesome. That was fine for like a month. And then all of a sudden, I went to go install it the other day for a client, and they made me uh, install OneDrive. Yep. And that first, and then the SharePoint wouldn't work. And I was pulling my hair out after two hours going, I think I'm done with this because I'm really annoyed, and it ain't worth my time. I can't build a client for me not knowing how to set this up, which really – I, I am going to, but the point is, is that it just doesn't work. OneDrive is being, it's like, it's kidnapping the whole SharePoint. Yes. And Microsoft didn't put out a release saying, hey, by the way, we hate SharePoint. We want you to use OneDrive, which is just like Dropbox. Yep, yep. And, and, Hi. And, yeah, exactly. And, and kind of what you keyed off of, um, I one of my, <laughs> the danger zone, um, in, on my situation, same law firm, uh, has a ton, ton of documents. Uh, not as not as much as in size, but in as far as hierarchy 
and basically yeah. he has you know descriptive names and folders. Then he has his subfolders descriptive names. Then he has descriptive names on file names, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, uh, the way that the SharePoint, OneDrive, you know, conglomerate um, has set up where his SharePoint URL was already 77 characters. And as everybody knows, past Windows XP, you can't create a path <laughs> more than 255 characters. Well, what was happening is as we were trying to sync, which again was a whole nother debacle, trying to figure out how oh, yeah. to install SharePoint, and it gave me OneDrive. I was like, wait a minute, I don't want OneDrive, I want SharePoint. Well, okay, I want SharePoint, not OneDrive. It was a whole yeah. confusion. So once we got through that, um, and we tried to do that sync, I, and that's kind of why I, I actually reached out to you saying, hey, have you ever heard of this or any way around it? Because, I mean, and I mean, we did anywhere from auto truncation to see how we can do that. And if we were to apply that, files that were less than the characters we were trying to cut off would end up being like .pdf, .docx, and yeah. so forth. So yeah. it ended up just becoming a whole bigger pain than what we really needed it to. Um, and we moved on to, uh, like I mentioned, I know you mentioned uh, Dropbox. We moved on to uh, File Locker, um, which is one mm. of the products for Magnus Box allows us, which is our, what we use for our backup uh, solution, similar to SOS. Can they also use it for file sharing then? Because yep. I looked on the website you gave me, and I just felt... Right now, um, I'm going to review it over holiday when I have more time, but I was kind of like, I didn't understand the file sharing p part of it. I got gotcha. you. Well, file, sh file sharing is separate. Yeah. So Magnus Box is more of like uh, SOS backup, and File Locker okay. would be more of like the Dropbox portion of it. So on his server, okay. we set up the Magnus Box through that way, but he also signed up for File Locker, and File Locker is actually what we use for the file sync as well to go through all the okay. machines to get that going. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, this is really just unfortunate. And I, and, and I found a thread on LinkedIn about um, that they said public SharePoint is going away. Like, who gives a shit? Right. Nobody <laughs> in a small world uses it. Right. You know, who uses it is, you know, huge corporations with intranets and then, and what is it called? An extranet? Am I saying that right? Uh, yeah, I believe uh, it's, extra, extra, it's extranet, uh, something like that. I know what you mean, though. Yeah. It's like a. It's not like their website, but it's for other companies to log in to get the data. Yeah. Because you know, in a corporate world, like someone that works at Honeywell and then someone works at IBM, they need to share a file through the extranet or the portal. Right. Then they have the internal one. But I'm like a small company of ten people. They're not gonna set up the public website. Right. So I'm like, goody, go get rid of more of your clutter because that's what it is. It's Microsoft clutter. Okay. So then back to the SharePoint OneDrive issue is. Um, I just stripped my entire website, I think I'm about done, of all SharePoint consulting. <laughs> okay. I, I actually made the decision I will no longer support it in 2015, except for clients have already helped. And most of them, um, now here's the, here's the thing I'm going to say I love about it, is the browser base works fine. Right. If you upload your files to the browser and you want to deal with that, which nobody does, nobody wants the browser. They don't want to check out a data. They don't want to, you know, if you're in a corporate environment, those people are used to that. Our people are used to uh, map drives, you know, or Dropbox or something that's where they can attach an email in Outlook. Right. Exactly. That's the browser exactly. based, you can't. <laughs> you can't just go in Outlook and go to the browser base, but I don't know. I think that um, with, with so many different types of computers, different versions of Office, that's a huge one. Office 2013 kind of lets you run a SharePoint save as if you have it configured, but then you get five options. Do you notice that, Paco? Right. Yep. 
Yep, exactly. Yeah, in, in, in Microsoft Word, you go to save, you've got five options now. And OneDrive is always there, like the nasty bug. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> sure is. It's just like, like, there it is. Here's all this, plus OneDrive. It's like, man, you're really pushing that. Because you know what it is? It's because it's just they, they want to get that product out there as best they can. I mean, they rebranded it how many times now? And, you know, Google is yeah. having a home run with their Google Drive. Um, and the enhancement that, that, that they have done incorporating them with Google Apps. Yeah. So they're just trying to compete. You know, yeah, exactly. And I really think that they're – because it was SkyDrive, right? Right, exactly. And then it was something else than OneDrive. It had a little little half-sister yeah, in between, right? Right. It was, that's what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, it was like SkyDrive. I forgot what it was. It was like Sky Plus or Sky – whatever it was. Sometimes, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it went to OneDrive. So everybody who was trying to go to OneDrive, they're like, well, I've never heard of that. Okay, well, what are you syncing your stuff with? Oh, SkyDrive. It's the same thing. It's, they just yeah, well, that's even a worse nightmare if you go to install OneDrive and somebody has SkyDrive on there. Uh, oh, yeah. You have to and, and, target the whole thing. <laughs> Or if they and, have and the I business think, OneDrive, I think you yes. mentioned this on another, on another show. Oh. It's like having, oh, yeah, I have OneDrive. Okay, perfect. And it's the personal one, not the business one. And, oh, forget it. It's yeah. Just, yeah. I, well, I, I think yeah. it's going to get worse after holiday because people are buying all these tablets with OneDrive terabyte. Yeah. And they get the office for 149 And I'm like, you know, I think Microsoft is also trying to compete with that OneDrive with iCloud. That's the other. Yeah, that's true iCloud, Google Drive, and OneDrive. That's all like one big muck of file sharing. And um, iCloud, I, I get it because I do support for um, iPhones, you know. So to me, that's not a big deal. Now, it's not the easiest to fix, but this OneDrive, I, I, I think I'm going to take that off my list too. SharePoint, okay. OneDrive. Gotcha. Well, I don't. I hate OneDrive more SharePoint almost because it hijacks SharePoint and it's very yeah. messy. Um, I think whoever does eventually get OneDrive is going to charge like 400 bucks an hour. <laughs> <laughs> the one person that dedicates their life to it can charge a lot of money. Yeah, because it's not going to be a lot. Of, everybody else is going to say, just move on. Just We're going to give you another solution. Well, really, Paco, techs like us don't have time for the BS of trying to learn all this crap on the customer's dollar. When I'd say, okay, well, let's set you up with a good file sharing product. Hmm. Well, Dropbox has worked for me for five years. Right. And you only have three people on your team, so you have a choice. You can go to team environment, which is eight hundred bucks, I think, something like that, right? No, which is a lot of money. Okay. Well, I mean, Dropbox is expensive in the team environment, but there's other people that don't have employees. They've just got contractors, so anybody can have their own account. Okay. I yeah, that's maybe another conversation, but I'm moving to Dropbox. Okay. For sales, I think, yeah. Gotcha. And yeah, maybe you're, I, and maybe your guy. Gotcha. Yeah, because I know, um, because my um, the white label re uh, service that I have, um, he was a re we were able to get kind of get onto their program of reselling Dropbox business. But what happened? Oh, really? Yeah, but what happened was the reason why we went ended up switching to FileLocker and Magnus Box was although they say unlimited um, upload. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't unlimited. It was like oh. I forgot I forgot what was like the cutoff of your daily cons upload consumption that you can throw up onto Dropbox. So like, really, yeah. So if you had like a terabyte worth of space and you want to throw up I don't know thirty gigs or something, I think they limit you at like 
two or I forgot what the number was, but basically they limit you at whatever gigabytes for that day, and then you have to resume the next day. Whereas uh, really? Locker and Magnus Box, it's unlimited. I can throw whatever I want up um, and go from there. I think like they were mentioning when they did some trial um, tests on File Locker, um, they uploaded like 32 gigs in a day because they had a fiber connection and there wow. was no problem. They were just, oh my god, 32 gigs in a day. Right? Nice. That's a lot of data. But, yeah. Dang. So, yeah. That's cool. Well, you know, I think that for me, I need to do what feels comfortable as a tech. I love learning, but I just am frustrated. And so the Office 365 show, you know, might have a little bit of SharePoint OneDrive, but, I mean, we, we work in it all day. It's just a headache. And now Link... The other little happy product there. None of my clients want to use it. Yeah, it that's a hard that's a hard one to sell because um I've used it at my last place of employment where I was at before I started the whole uh dealy here. Um and it, they implemented it because we had another I forgot what was the other internal uh internet and it just did not catch on because we had we already had like we used G, I think we were using G G Talk or whatever it was before Hangouts was called. Yep. Um, G Talk. That was yeah. fun. And yeah. You know, Yahoo Messenger. You know, we or we already had those in place. So to introduce a new one, you know, and like you mentioned, you got people that are, you know, three, four people that are there. So if they don't want to get up, they already have their own instant messengers of who they're going to use. Why mm -hmm. introduce a whole nother one? Other than hey, you're forced. You need to use this now. And, and yeah. it's another one where if the boss doesn't see it. A value to it. Why even put it in? It's just going to be another hassle. Well, it's to me, it's a corporate win because if you have yeah. a corporate enterprise, uh, you know, server, great. It's the family chat, you know, but because you can also do a ton with it, you know. But um, my, my kind of clients, when I explain it to them, they go, "Yeah, we don't need it." I'm like, "No, no kidding. They text each other. It's faster." <laughs> you know, right. Honestly, you know, or they do something else, but. Um, so I think that the bulk of my work next year is going to be focused on my outlook and, and just doing the consulting and the migrations. And I think I'm going to try to build a little team of techs that are all into it so we can, you know, Paco, the book is the, um, the exchange migration book. It's step-by-step -step to do it manually. There's a lot of other tools that techs can use like Migration Wiz and a whole bunch of other ones. But to me, I've just never felt comfortable moving to the point where I can't feel comfortable switching those MX records till I know I backed up their stuff. Right. I just, I for some reason in my heart, because I, I just, I'm not already managing their stuff. I think that's the problem is these MSP guys are already managing their stuff, right. their current server, their current this and that. And I'm not MSP, I'm break fix. So okay. to me, I'm like, I just rather do it by hand. When you build a team of techs that can move into a job, you can do this, these, you know, smaller companies of 20 and 30 that don't have a server and don't have an MSP, which there's the one I'm, I'm interviewing with tomorrow is that kind of guy. Okay. They don't have managed, you know, services uh, with, or they don't have um, someone managing all their stuff. So I'm like, it'd be nice to have a team of people that knows how to do it. And then we can all work together and get it done quick and do well. How many, uh, comp what's your company size limit you guys do right now? Right now, we're at least for comfortability level, we've done probably five, anywhere from five to seven. Um, it's mm -hmm. been the most that we've done so far. Um, mm -hmm. We're looking at a fact of 
probably going to 10, 15 maybe would be a good size right now until we figure out to, because a, a part of it too is just because now we're just kind of getting in the neck of the woods and, and really getting into it, figuring out yeah. what works, what doesn't work, um, and being able to brand it. And that's kind of what we're, what our aim is for 2015 yeah. is being able to brand everything, in, including our uh, hosted exchange migration work and Office 365 work, et cetera, on a visible and like kind of like a nice little, nice little neat little package for them to say hey this is what prodigy text offers and this has this something that will speak yeah. to them as to what it is and would be a really big sell for us and that's what we're working through with our marketing agency and so forth is starting to brand all of our services in a way yeah. that is uh readable to not only businesses but residentials as well yeah exactly well sometimes it's good to have two two different packages that are very similar because uh, a lot of my residential clients are my business clients too, so they see the value of okay, let's spend a few more bucks for the business side and have you guys still because you're they like our services, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, let's see. Okay, so when did you start doing that? Um. Oh, so I I was gonna get back to how many people. So you guys have moved up from five to seven. You're looking at going to fifteen. Yeah. When I took on my first uh one that was. 12, well, I've told listeners before, I, I, my first job I did 22 mailboxes, but I had a team of people I trained. Oh. My own staff, I trained them to do the backup and the importing. So it only took you know a short amount of time, but I did 12 by myself in a morning once. Now, if you're going to do that many, you better have your shit together. No, yep, exactly. Yes, you have to. And I say that <laughs> loosely but tightly because... I basically got lucky. The girl who was like the IT helper there, her and I had a meeting beforehand. I said, "Look, you go to this person at this time." We had it down to a shot, like you know, a schedule. Okay. And so then, because the, it's with twelve people, you can't waste everybody's work time. So right. basically, we had everything backed up the day before. We got done in like an hour nice. because I just would say, "Here's the remote code for this person. Here's the remote code for that," and we just poof, 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 and I backed everything up. And then the next morning, we did the same thing, but backwards. You know, we just hit everybody. And I, I can tell you this, I've done tons of these, and I still get stressed out when I have to update the MX records. I still <laughs> get that panic. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, I mean, it's, it, like, <laughs> it's, it's that feeling of, man, if I do this, I could royal. they are going to love it, or this is going to really be very, very bad. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I know exactly. I know. I know the exact feeling you're talking about of when you switch that MX record. Well, the, the thing that I'll warn everybody about is that it's so rare that music or not music, um, email doesn't. You know, once you update it, it delivers somewhere. Right. You know, to the old or the new. So the, you know, the worry about the email is going to go into the sky and never get landed somewhere doesn't really happen. Right. But, but my panic always was, what's going to happen if this doesn't work? And sometimes there's a delay. Um, if you're working with a company that has slow DNS updating, then you are waiting and you have to tell the client prior to the project, just to let you know this could take up to two hours, so your mail will still deliver to the old mailbox. I'm going to babysit it and watch it. Right. That's why I go off and do other stuff, and then when I see it start to hit, I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to worry about that one now. Another one in the books. <laughs> uh, well, you know, some of these companies though, it's almost instant the minute I do the MX record update. Like okay. some of the big ones. Yeah, instant. And I'm like, sweet, now I can get going. I hate the waiting. 
I'd rather just get it done, you know, and get mail important and get going with the, the rest of the project, yeah. All right, man, you got anything else you want to chat about? What's up for 2015? You said you're going to focus on a lot more Office, right? Yeah, so we we got a, uh, a lot more Office 365 stuff. Uh, we got our new office uh, opening up in the next couple of weeks where that one, we're in an area that is very business-driven, so it was a strategic grab as far as the space when it became available yeah. over there so we're going to hit the office 265 portion hard especially nice. in, in the building because see i don't do um storefronts i do offices because i want to kind of uh control the traffic coming in um and a lot of the liabilities and so forth of having a storefront and stuff it's just something that just never sat with me but yeah. having an office i have somebody there in case they do want to come in and drop something off but um, we can operate in a way of incoming on-site scheduling, uh, remote support, and specifically the Office 365 stuff. All that stuff, being able to do it after and uh, in the nighttime after they're out of their business, works out best for us. And that's what we're. Paco, what you guys did with that office idea, um, you told me once before. Yep. They, uh, your company basically got in with a company that does executive office suites and there's like a ton in Chicago and you're starting to rent these little offices in there, which yep. is a gold mine because that's all your clients that are sitting there right next to you or in your virtual office too if you have that. And they usually let you do in-house marketing and you become their IT person too. Yep. I've seen that happen up at the company in Minneapolis. That is genius. And yep. That's so much better than a storefront because you're actually doing, you know, you're, there's so many different ways to support people. You're just doing right. it with what works with you and your company, yep. which I love. Yep, and exactly like you mentioned, um, you know, right now, um, as because anybody doesn't know, I do still have a full time job. So the business, I do have members and teammates that are working during the hours that I am out of pocket for the prime time of eight to five o'clock. Now, what these offices are available that Lisa's mentioning is these are virtual offices. So it allows you to have staff ready to go to be greeted, whether to take in uh, packaging packages, mail, assume their address. Um, greet your customers, use their meeting rooms, have your own day office, um, et cetera. And it allows you to establish a business in a, in a professional presence, even if you're a home business. And it's really helped out yeah. with us because it helped us grow our network. And um, Regis is the network we tend to use that have really helped us out in the last two years. And once we've gotten to the point where hopefully in the end of this coming year, we'll be able to expand and start utilizing the mm -hmm. full offices or being able to get space in these areas to help expand. And it's all about working in your means and your resources and being able to gradually scale up to where you want it to be. Some people yeah. are comfortable with having their home businesses. Some people want to have that kind of that professional look um, and you should take a look at virtual offices and see if that's a good fit for you. Oh, it's a gold mine. Yep. And, exactly and the like people that are in large community, you know, cities, they have these. Like Minneapolis has two or three of them I know about okay. that have offices in the buildings. Now there's a bunch of the shared working spaces like community big buildings with a bunch of desks and stuff and right. that don't that might be another option as well that does not work for me because I'm on my phone exactly and I'm loud and I can't have my privacy of my clients you know compromised by other people listening like that so but that's that was the first time I heard you you say that I was like oh that's just so cool because it's <laughs> clients are right there yep that's exactly. awesome <laughs> yep. and when that's we open cool. up 
and when we opened up ours, we wanted to make sure we hit hard and uh, on the ground yeah. running, and we opened it right in the heart of downtown just to make sure wow. to open up that uh, just to get that brand awareness. But like you said, 2015 is just going to be more brand awareness, getting our name out there, especially in Chicago mm-hmm. and Illinois, um, and, and just really tightening up our processes and getting it to the point where we have a value, we have great products to offer, you know, and what we can gotcha. get to Illinois. Yep. Yeah, one of my guests coming up is from Illinois or from Chicago too. So, okay, um, I always try to say no one competes. Everybody should be partners or collaborative friends or whatever right. in our world. I mean, Chicago is a huge town, you know. Yeah, it's a huge city. But like you mentioned, competing, uh, and it's one of those where from me being outside of the community um, six months ago, it was always more of a – I felt like a com- uh, a competitive or a com- competition um, view. But the moment I yeah. joined the community, I realized how well technicians can work with each other even though they're nearby each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's kind of really changed our mindset. And the moment we did change that mindset, um, we did see a lot of good growth and a lot of good benefits. And value oh, wow. See, I never got that, uh, Paco, when I was in um, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Well, I did it after a long time. When I first came out of the gate, people didn't uh, see me as a real business. They were like, girl, call that girl, blah, blah, blah. But after a few years, I started getting some respect, and then we became friendly partners. Um, we, I, I can't tell you how many times we've tried to, let's refer each other work, <laughs> and it really never works out. One person always refers more than the other, and I always kind of felt like the big server guys would want all these referrals, but I, they'd give me the home residential, but I couldn't refer them any other stuff because my marketing wasn't geared towards them. Right. I couldn't give them ref- you know referrals. They always knew that, but I always kind of felt that, that that was the short end of the stick for those guys. But I guess. Um, well, anyway, let's wrap things up. You guys think any final words for the listeners? No, other than it's just, uh, you know, if if it is still a worry subject, if you don't know if you can really jump into Offer 265, obviously you're listening to the shows mm-hmm. to kind of get a better understanding of it. Um, I definitely suggest uh, Lisa's book. Uh, again, she mentioned she has a special on it. So, you know, it probably would be the great time to get it now. You know, you're probably going to be out of town, probably going to find some downtime. Yeah, it's an easy read. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and it's going to be a great time for you to kind of just figure out what you really want to do for 2015. And this is a subject. Um, you want to get into or refine, you know, this, it would be a great resource for you to add on to. But um, oh, we've, definitely, we've definitely benefited from uh, having this resource to us. Yeah, that was, and like I said, I didn't know Paco had bought all the books and everything prior to me asking. So I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. But, <laughs> but you know, what? but the thing is, is when we talk about this stuff on the shows, and if you've bought the books, you'll understand what we're talking about and maybe get to the point where you dive in and you've got some, you know, some uh some some guides to help you and if you send me an email usually I'm nice to enough and will help with the quick questions. That's what I do. Yeah, she does. All right. Well, I think I'm just gonna close up by saying that I am still in Florida and uh, where I'll be next show. But uh, hopefully we're gonna have another one coming up. I hate teasing people, but I'm kind of on track now. Paco was my first guest since my last show. It's been a while, but we had some tech snags here and there and. Everything's all. I had text snakes myself too prior to that. So, but I am good to go. So, thank you, Paco, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you, listeners, for listening, and we'll see you soon.